conversations and connections, community building, refocusing resources, re-education, healthy living, strong relationships, and safe spaces. The All Things Black podcast is committed to the onward advancement of creating positive narratives and presenting black news and perspectives that will help create meaningful dialogue with practical solutions. I am the host and the producer of the show, Daryl. My mission is to help tell stories of black lives through the art of podcasting. Welcome to the All Things Black Podcast. Welcome to your podcast. Welcome to your world. Welcome to the All Things Black Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Black Ovation. This is another episode that I am very, very excited about. I have a young, very influential young lady that I'm going to be interviewing. You guys stay tuned. This is, again, the All Things Black Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Black Ovation. I love doing these type of interviews with young, very inspirational, <clears throat> pardon me, something in my throat, <clears throat> very young, inspirational, and talented uh, black people. So on my show today, I'm going to be interviewing Miss Amanda Brown. Uh, she goes by Mandy. I don't know if I can call you Mandy or not, but... Definitely Amanda Brown, and uh, she is on the phone with me right now. Uh, she is doing quite a bit. Um, she is a native Chicagoan. Is that is that correct? Yes, born and raised. <laughs> a native Chicagoan. Uh, she's now established in the Midwest, uh, not Midwest, but Mid uh, Tennessee region. Uh, goes by the name of Mandy, and she believes in helping others to get the needed release by allowing the space necessary to open up and begin the process of healing by providing mental health counseling and so much more, right? So what we're going to do just temporarily, we're going to ask Miss Amanda, who's on the line with me again, to kind of just uh, somewhat just give us a little glimpse of who Amanda is, and we're going to get into the discussion. So uh, the stage is yours, Miss Miss Amanda. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I do go by Mandy, <laughs> so you can definitely call me that. Um, like you already said, I am born and raised on the southeast side of Chicago. Uh, I made my way down to the mid-Tennessee area. And uh, moving down here, I was always working at state levels for social working until I started my grad school program for the lovely Alabama. And um, just diving into mental health and even at a regular state level, I just saw the lack of it down here. I know it's a lack where I'm from, but it's like an immediate lack down here. And um, I just wanted to dive more into helping people to show like, you know, regardless of my background and credentials, like, you know, I'm just like you. Like, I don't have it all together. You know, I grew up differently as well. And you know, I didn't have the best coping mechanisms that we do, you know, as a people, uh, we just vent or drink or use substances or go out and try to ignore those feelings. Instead, I just tried to dive head in and attack them. And it was definitely a journey. 
And um, I just wanted to grow into becoming that relatable counselor. I always thrive myself in that statement as being relatable instead of just having like a professional wall up. So the more I just got into the profession, I realized like, you know, some people are genuinely not ready to tackle those type of demons. Mm. And um, it is scary just to have all that trauma come back and relive those events and things that you thought were okay truly aren't okay. And to rewire your brain, it's a lot to handle, especially now with an adult when you kind of already have a routine and you know are engraved and such. So uh, I created this website. Well, what happened was... <laughs> yeah. we'll, 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 we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Get yeah. into that. But a couple of questions for you. So definitely thank yeah. you for the backdrop. If if you don't mind me asking, how how old are you? If you don't mind me asking that question, Woo. <laughs> <laughs> I, you, you don't have to I, answer if you don't want to. It's up to you. I am twenty nine, but I feel like I've lived a lot more and a lot longer than that. Just how I grew up, sadly. So okay, okay, a youngin. <laughs> A little, a little, look, I'm listen, right on the border. Listen, <laughs> listen 29, that's, that's nothing. Trust me, this, you, can, you can eat that one, that's nothing. Uh, but I get it, though. You know, when you start reaching up into the, the 30s and whatnot, it got, starts to get a little bit scary. So I, I get it. I totally yeah. understand. Okay, so 29 already has a degree in the mental health field, correct? Yes, my master's. Master's, there we go. She has her master's. <laughs> And she is thriving in the mental health space. Now, what was, before we get into a lot of that, what was the transition like from Chicago to mid, the mid-Tennessee area? What was, what oh was that Lord. like? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, when I, one of the influences of moving down here was my previous relationship. Um, coming down to Nashville and Alabama, even just for school, um, it was just a different type of peace that I didn't get at home. Like back at home, mm. it's like we have areas like we call food deserts. Like you got to drive 15, 20 minutes or more to the nearest grocery store. The stores that are by us are basic corner stores. You can get, you know, sugar filled right, stuff right. and pop chips and lottery tickets. It's nothing. It's nothing good. And then even the school system, I used to be a teacher before going into social working and how much I love to teach. I hated it. And always coming down here, I used to visit him like every other week just till I get away. And I, I can't lie, I got some of the most peaceful sleep just being here. Mm. <laughs> and um, I started playing with the idea of just moving out of Chicago and either going to Alabama and just staying there or um, coming to Tennessee. And it was just funny. I just um, I started looking at the school districts in both states and uh, looking at the grocery stores, I used to always say, I'm like, you guys have all the grocery stores in stock. Like, I don't have any of these, <laughs> have any of these items. So, you know, Chicago, I love it, but it was just that time during the pandemic and all these riots back and forth. It was like really depressing and I just found peace here. And then, you know, I took a chance and um, applied for everything I was already attached to in Chicago. And it it's crazy. Like two days later, just boom, 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 just fell into place. I'm like, okay, maybe mm. this is God saying just to leave. And behold, the week I leave, my block uh, got shot up. There was breaking in the cars. Oh the grocery store shut down. I said, okay, I moved in the nick of time because I love home, but, and I want to pour back into home like I do down here. It's just at that moment, there was nothing there for me to keep me or my children safe. So I just got up and left. 
Wow. Yeah. I'm very yeah. familiar with Chicago. Um, it's a it's a totally different animal. I do have family that lives down there. Totally a different animal. So I can thoroughly understand how you found your like like a level of peace when you started to move down south. South south is is something else too. Like I I stay in Atlanta right now, and um, there's some very enjoyable areas here. Although some parts of Atlanta are questionable. Yes. <laughs> you know, you gotta, <laughs> that's that's everywhere. Yeah, you got to you know stay away from certain parts of it. But uh, overall, it's been it's been very it's been very interesting, to, you know, to say the least. Because I come from uh, St. Louis. St. Louis oh, is yeah. also a little different Ooh. animal, you know. Yeah, yeah, we're a little rugged up there as well. But um, but yeah. So you've already answered the question. Uh, my initial question I was going to ask you, which was. Who is Amanda Brown? You kind of already said that and stated that early in the conversation. I mean, you went right into it. Yeah, you went right into it. This, and you uh, also kind of answered my second question, which, which I was going to ask. I'm going to ask you anyway, uh, why mental health? And uh, what led you into becoming a mental health advocate? Uh, and uh, what's your overall goal for being a, a mental health advocate? Ooh. Uh, just the mindset of growing up with being that crab in a barrel or we call a bucket and climbing over everybody else to get out. And if like, you know, if Chicago had that mindset, if you, if I can't get it, you can't get it either. And you know, that's not how I would want to grow up or continue to grow up and thrive. And like I say, just growing up dealing with gun violence, dealing with the whole substance abuse, dealing with, you know, um, family splitting, dealing with abuse, physical, mental, emotional, just everything. I mean, I just realized uh, once I started going to college and really actually when I, when I became a mother with my first daughter, like how much there was a lack of mental health or even just the resources of how I grew up or like mm -hmm. how we just didn't acknowledge it. And uh, I took the dive early on to get a therapist. And, you know, you know, you kind of hop in and out of it once you hit those little triggers, like, ah, I don't want to talk to you no more. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it was, it was like, um, when my first therapist would tell me, like, that's not normal. And I'm like, what do you mean it's not normal? But <laughs> the older I got, and after I finished uh, my first two degrees, actually my associates and then my bachelor's, and I uh, joined uh, Sigma Gamma Resort Incorporated. It was like, okay, I had my first real, real mental breakdown where I was just fed up with life. Like, I never thought I would get to that space because uh, everybody sees me as superwoman and Miss Reliable and always strong. And I just had mm. the weakest, weakest moment where I said, F life <laughs> and tried to act on it. But luckily, you know, thank God it didn't, didn't you know, go through. Um, and at that point I decided to take it seriously. And so at that point, um, I was like, I'm going to tell people like, you know, and proudly, like I, I tried what some people are afraid to do or what they try to do. And, you know, I'm going to speak on it because it's not okay that we feel this way as a people or that, right. um, our thoughts and our feelings get neglected. And, you know, then we have to question ourselves because we already feel like we're inadequate enough as a people. And we keep trying to prove to the world that we're good and we're better and, we're not the same as others or products of our environment. It's always like a, a brick wall we keep hitting. So that adds more into our mental health. And, you know, I just wanted to advocate to people like, you know, you're not alone. Like, even though I have this demeanor of having it all together, <laughs> some things can crumble today and I will be crying on the ground with you. <laughs> so it's, 
um, I just want to show people like, you know, it's normal not to be okay. It's normal to feel alone, but you are not alone. And it's normal to be completely afraid to get help. But I will get that help with you if you need that assistance. So that's like my biggest thing, even just as a counselor, like, you know, I'm not perfect. And, you know, you, you, I see what you're going through. Like, I see you, I want people to feel seen and mm-hmm. we don't feel that way. So, yeah. you know, yeah. that's been my biggest thing to voice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, right. I, I totally 100% agree with you. I think mm-hmm. now, especially with a lot of the, the, the younger crowd coming up, I think they, really understand the need for um therapy uh, because yeah. i hear a lot of people talking about it now so i was you know I, me growing up that was something that was like taboo you know we didn't we didn't talk yes. about it we didn't really um even have any kind of you know conversations about it there was nobody that was advocating for black people to go and have, seek out some type of you know mental health assistance uh there was none of that we just dealt with it you know it was just a, a ton of bricks that was just sitting on top of our shoulder and we said, we're right. just going to push through it, right? I'm just going to push through it no matter what. And not really realizing how that would impact the later generations, mm-hmm. you know, going forward. So so I, I appreciate the fact that there's so many black people, young black people, um, men and women alike, who are, you know, going into that field, into that space to say, hey, we need to do something about this because it is going to impact the future generations going forward. Which is which is something that's really needed. So I really appreciate the fact that you know you uh, took the, the necessary steps to do that. Now I know some people are getting getting into the space uh, because I think there's a lucrative part to it. Like you know, if you you can do pretty good as a as a as a mental health therapist, mm-hmm. but um, you can hear your compassion, you can hear your earnest desire to really help. You know, and I think that's really what it's really about. I mean, yeah, the money will come, but to really earnestly help and honestly help your people, I think that's 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 that should be number one. But uh, yeah, so thank you so much for being in these spaces and in the trenches to you know advocate and help for uh, mental health for Black people. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, you you got to like honestly, we fed off the generation before us. Um, because now we're told that we're sensitive because we are acknowledging those certain feelings you all weren't allowed to acknowledge. Like I had to talk to my parents about that and tell them like, you know, what y'all went through was not normal, <laughs> you know, to brush it to the side and um, just validating their experiences. You know, like you, 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 you learn, you learn what you see in this past down. Excuse, excuse That's correct. Down. That's correct. And, you know, you do what the, the best you can with what you have and what you know. So I, honestly do not fault the generations before me because I mean, you, you all grew up in trauma. Like if we genuinely look at it and it's still going on now, it's just more public thanks to social media, but they made the trauma, you know, you all and our grandparents, our great grandparents went through normal. And so now we're saying that it's not normal. We're fighting it. It's, you know, it's just an uphill battle. Um, but no, yeah, the goal is just to validate everybody's experience and just just help. Like, you know, you, you got to be in the trenches to understand what what everybody's feeling, what they're going through. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things though that uh, the the former generations had to deal with was how do I how do I deal with white supremacy and racism? That was the biggest fight. Yes, 
Right. They were taking that on. And because we were so hyper focused in those areas, it kind of fell short when it came to looking into our own interpersonal or personal uh, family dynamic. Right. It, mm -hmm. We kind of fell short in kind of looking at that. But now that's being brought, you know, you know, forward. It's being, it's being brought forth. So now we can actually dissect the family dynamic and say, well, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. That there was something amiss here. And yes. maybe we need to deal with that. Right. So going forward, we're not we're not having those same issues. Right. We might have a different issue, but we're not having those same issues. And I think a lot of times that, you know, as as, as the older generation of uh, the older generation kind of looks at it as as well, you really don't you guys really don't understand what we had to go through. And, you know, you should just be appreciative of, you know, what we did do in terms of food, clothing and shelter and stuff like that, because that was the thing to do. You know, I'm just going to make sure I provide the external things for you so you can live comfortably or, you know, or if you, if you even had a chance to, 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 to be in that space to live comfortably, uh, if you had a, right. you know, a parents that would be able to, you know, provide a, a certain lifestyle for you, things like that. But um, overall, it was just something that was, you know, it, we just didn't talk about it. You know, it, they never talked about it. We're not going to get into it. <laughs> and it was it was very traumatic for them as well. So it's like uh, they don't want to deal with it. They don't want to. They don't want us to deal with it. We'll just brush it aside and we'll just go. We'll just go forward. And I want to pat on. I want to pat on the back for doing what I did. Yes, I thank you for doing for doing what you did. Right, Absolutely. but that'll make it okay. <laughs> All right, I thank you for, for doing what you did. But at the same time, there were some things that, as a child, that I should not have had to go through. Right. Exactly. That's the biggest thing. So, absolutely. All right, so I got another question for you. Yes. Well, before I ask that question, let me ask you this. How long have you been in the mental health space? Oh, child. <laughs> I have been in this field for a little over two and a half years, mm -hmm. professional-wise. But as far as being an advocate, since 2017. Okay. Um, and doing it on a social work level since 2018. Okay. Okay. Now. Is it is it is it fairly more women that seek out therapy than men? Have it, what's your findings in terms of um, gender? Like like who seeks out therapy more? So is it the men so, or the women? Women, um, and I'm a daddy's girl. So being under my father and following his footsteps, I see the hesitation in men of wanting to touch that 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 button to get help because men for sure have that stigma uh, if you're getting mental help you're getting a therapist something is wrong with you if you need medication that means you need to go to the crazy house you got to be in a jacket so it's just this big stigma really behind men getting it or if they do get it they're seen as sensitive or they feel inadequate as a man to get that extra help when it's completely the opposite whereas women we're afraid to get it until we get to our breaking point. And we're like, okay, something is wrong and I can't put the pieces together on my own anymore. Mm, I need okay. help. I need the validation. I need someone to see something that I'm not seeing. So that was my breaking point. I'm like, someone has to see something that I'm not seeing or seeing what I'm seeing and validate it, but give it to me more on a professional note. That way I can understand it and it make more sense to what I, what I already know. Got you. 
Got you. No, it's, you know, pretty much you're dead on. I mean, it is somewhat of a stigma and it is very difficult. Um, there's a trust factor there. You know, if, if I, if I, you know, release my, (laughs) how I'm feeling towards you and some of the trauma that I actually go through, how are you going to deal with that? Right. How, how are you going to, you know, what, what, what are you going to do with that information? Right, because right. so, so many men. Right, we're use it against you. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, because so many men have come forth and said, "Okay, this is how I feel. This is what I think. This is what I've gone through," and it's essentially been used against us. So, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. a fear there. It's a fear there of not really wanting to go and seek out any kind of uh, help because of that. So, a lot of times we hang around and we, you know, we'll talk to, you know, a group of our peers and just, you know, shoot the shoot the stuff, so to speak, and then uh, try to find some release from there. That's not necessarily the best way to do it because, you know, yeah, you're going to, there's a point that you, you're going to need some type of, uh, some type of professional help. I I sought it out. Maybe it was, I think it was like last year or so. And, uh, I didn't fully go all the way through it, but I did seek it out. You know, there was some hard questions that ended up being asked of me. I was like, Ooh, (laughs) I said, Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. Like, hold on, hold on, hold on, don't touch that. Yeah. Wait a minute. What are you doing, man? And um, the other thing about it too is that actually, you know, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a keep it 100 with me. For me, it was really finding somebody that could identify with me, right? Identify with me, and um, heterosexual black male that understood that history, right? That have gone through some of the things that I've gone through. So when I speak, I'm not speaking to somebody that does not understand that dynamic. So that was the biggest thing for me, but. But yeah, so we do, we do kind of, kind of shy away from it. And, and thank you for that answer, by the way. You're welcome. So, I mean, it's, it's true. You all vent. Their, your therapy is the barbershop or the yeah, bar yeah, or sports yeah, games together. Yeah, y'all yep. come around and gather and congregate and drink and vent and talk and validate each other. That is black men's therapy. Yeah. So definitely getting a black male therapist for sure will help you on a professional note. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. Why the name? Well, what 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 had happened? With? <laughs> Why that name? Look, <laughs> you everybody knows if you hear a story with with a woman or a man just in our circle when we hang out yeah. with our friends, we be like, "Girl, well, what happened was <laughs> right. or, or the same thing with men." You know. That a good story is gonna come up. <laughs> you got to laugh. You gonna cackle. You be like, oh, oh my goodness! You know, it's just you get excited to hear that phrase every time. Like, hold on, let me let me let me give my phone and tell you what happened was. <laughs> you know, it's just any anytime you hear that, it's like, all right, something is coming that I need to hear, that I need to watch out for, that I'm gonna laugh about, cry about, that I need to give you a hug about. Just emotions pop up. And I know it pops up more in the black community, well, black and uh, Latino community, when we hear that phrase. And it's just, I name that, cite that, because when you when you hear that, it's like, all right, this person is going to need me after I read this. Like, how can I help them? How can I validate them? Uh, how can I cheer them on? How can I laugh with them? And I just felt like it was perfect outlet for people. Okay, I, I like that. I like that. It's definitely identifiable. <laughs> When, yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you hear it, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like you said, there's a good story coming behind that somewhere. 
Yes. <laughs> You'll never get bored when you hear that phrase. You're like, hold on, let me get comfortable real exactly. quick. Now go ahead. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. On your website, I did check it out. On your website, you have a featured blog post section. section. You know, it's like a, a, a coveted space where people can come in and write maybe about their stories or how they're feeling and stuff like that. What made you uh, do that? Um, so on the page, it has the form where people can talk to each other mm-hmm. and then the feature blog. So if people want to submit their stories to me so it can be publicly seen outside the form, I do that. Because the form, you need a, a username and password to join. But those blog posts, uh, just the inspiration behind that, honestly, my uh, godmother, Luana, uh, she inspired that for me. She was like, you know, um, create that safe space, but also create that space where people can be seen and their stories be seen, whether it's anonymous or they put their name on it, but they want to get it out. And it was just based off of uh, recent incidents I went, I've been not went through, but been and still going through. Uh, with my son's father and I was I was very 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 quiet about it just you know just the whole covering aspect of things and um, she told me once I finally started coming out and verbalizing you know what I went through and how I've been feeling mentally emotionally everything she was she told me she's like never stay silent again and I just kept ringing in my ear when I was thinking about the website and she just kept, she wrote it on a sticky note and I put it on my desk and I put it in the bathroom. She says, do not stay silent. Never stay silent ever again. She's like, no matter how much it hurts, um, let people see and hear your story because it can help the next person or it can, you know, just put them you know, up on game. And uh, once I added that, it, it was crazy. I got, I posted, you know, two of the stories on there are mine, but friends that I didn't even know were going through stuff, submitting stuff. Um, a neighbor wow. who, you know, got shot and was dealing with PTSD, he inboxed me. He was like, can I, can I post this? Maybe someone can relate and, you know, they'll know how to be more careful. And then he was like, can you find me a therapist? Found him a therapist the next day. Like, you know, so I always tell them, and it's always a hashtag at the bottom. If you have a story submitted, but if you need that mental health resource, let me know and I will connect you with somebody. Like I connect people with the therapist, with the psychiatrist, if you just need any government assistance at that or, you know, assistance doing the application, I, I will genuinely help you. You know, that's what I'm here for. But yeah, those, those blog posts, they the people who submit those, I always tell them thank you because I always get emails and comments right after I post those. I'm like, oh my God, I went through the same thing and I'm praying for a such and such person and can you connect me to them? And it's just been an ongoing thing so I it, it it was took bravery to do that because it's scary right, to a, right. attach a story to your name when people think everything's all you know good and sweet and I was scared to post my own story I'm like you know what no like I'm gonna I'm not gonna stay silent no more like I want people to know like certain things are not okay and it's okay to get help and it's okay to voice it don't don't be afraid to do that anymore so you know she was definitely the biggest inspiration for that and and who who inspired you to, to do that my godmother, Luana McKissick. So yeah, she she thank, she's great. <laughs> thank thank you, godmother. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> she was definitely the inspiration. Nice, nice. Yeah, because I kept looking. I'm like, okay, this is yeah, this is this is good. Some of the stories were really heavy, um, and I think everybody should should do that. It's just a form of release in order for you you know for you to be able to do that. You know, sometimes we just get into a space, man, where we we fear judgment. 
And then yes. uh, people people are so judgmental about something that they really don't have a lot of knowledge of. Okay, yes, mm-hmm. you see me go through it. Yes, I, I you know I made a mistake. I'm human, just like you. You probably made a mistake in the last two weeks about something, right? So yes. you know, at least just hear my story out, you know, and save your judgment for later. Because you're right, your story, our stories, can literally help the next person. Um, from making bad decisions and, you know, saving them from, from dire consequences and things like that. So, yes, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that with that concept. So, again, thank you, God, uh, God Mom, for inspiring her to, to do that and put that on her um, website. Okay, so we're almost there. Is there anything else that we should know about Amanda Brown, one of the things you did mention was a lot of resources on your website. Uh, so can you kind of talk about that and anything else that you actually want to kind of talk about before yes. we close out? <laughs> um, so on the mental health <clears throat> resources tab of the website, I'm literally growing it every week. So you will see hotlines for suicide, you know, how to text people. You see the hotline for domestic violence. Um you will see free apps or apps that cost that are mental health apps for kids that they can log on to. Some of them you can even talk to a therapist and sign up for one on there. Um, there are websites for, you know, black women and men as far as, you know, getting therapy for free or pro bono. And I always promote psychology today because they can go based off your SIP code and uh, your health insurance. If you don't call the back of your health insurance card, if you do have one to connect you to behavioral health resources. Um, I just try to update it every day or every week more so as much as I possibly can with new stuff uh, that I get to learn in my field. So give me grace if it's not updated. Uh, One day you think something should be there, always email me or um, send it to the chat box. It comes directly to me and I'll always respond back. Uh, Anything else about me? Uh, My next big venture, which I am nervous about, but I am so excited. I have been in connect with a couple of people down here and I am in the works of creating my own community center all oh, for boys. Okay. Yes. I'm okay. very, very, very excited. <laughs> so, so all for, all for boys. Yep. No, I love you ladies. You know, we, but we can, we can get what we want, <laughs> but, um, I have a close friend and he's a single father. He has uh, custody of his two boys. And it killed me when he said that he was trying to get food stamps and health care and even get low assistance home, you know, rent. Uh, and they told him he, they, he has to prove that he has his children, like get a note from the mother. And he's like, the wow. mother's not in their lives. Like, how dare you ask me that? Like, it shows here, like I'm their legal, you know, guardian. They was like, well, get proof of power attorney and all this stuff. They were sending him through the wind work and he finally got it. But I felt so terrible that that was the first thing that came out their mouth. Like, you sure you got custody of children? Or is the mother just letting you write them off so you can get these benefits? So I was like, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. And something just how women can get it. So the community center is going to be for ages uh, 7 to 19, but it's also going to have an attachment to have resources for those who are parents. So the parent aspect, which is my job, is going to help me with as well. 
We're going to um, have like a career center. So help you with your interview, your cover letter, your resume, give you free clothes for those interviews and hook you up with a barber to get discount haircuts. You know, I know men need the haircut, so we're going to hook you up with that nice. when that's up and running. Nice. Um, for the children, uh, 7 to 19, of course, because 19 down here, that's when you kind of age out the system and I've out of healthcare for the statewide. Um, we're going to give you free mental health services because you do have Medicaid, of course. If you don't, it'll be a sliding scale. Uh, of course, we're going to attach sports to us. So I'm going to have a gym. Uh, I have someone who's willing to help with the photography aspect. So teaching them how to work the camera, how to do the lights, how to do the lenses, how nice. to uh, uh, to change everything. I have someone who is even willing to help with the equestrian portion. So I believe, and I grew up with it, black cowboys. I believe a man should know how to grow his own crops and how to ride horses. And this is before coming down to the South. So my father is actually going to help me with that. He is moving down this way and we're going to get some horses and get some land. And we're going to do like transportation to bring the boys to that area to ride and to learn how to get a green thumb going. Go and ahead, definitely um, get a tutoring center. There are free tutoring aspects in uh, mid-Tennessee that people don't know about. I want to connect them to that. and They can come in and study. And then the biggest part that I'm excited to do is the basement part of the community center. Like I have a whole layout. Um, it's going to have laundry services. I want them boys, especially those who get teased about like their clothes or yes. like the smell of yeah. anything. They're yeah. going to shower and they're going to wash for free. So they'll have their own laundry cars. They can come in and then out as they please and, you know, get their stuff cleaned up. Don't worry about spending those coins. Come to me and, you know, you can get that squared away. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I've been working on it for a year and I've been talking to a lot of people. <laughs> Thank you. I've been talking to a lot of people, um, you know, these last two months about it. And I had a big, 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 big meeting yesterday and it got everybody excited. And I'm naming it after uh, my friend who I lost the gun violence and I miss dearly. It's going to be the uh, Jacario B. Vaughn Community Center. So I'm excited. Um, it's gonna. I'm still gonna start posting about it. Come January, I'm looking for land in January. I need at least 20 acres. I am not playing. <laughs> like I am diving in. Come January 2023, and I want it done before the end of the year is up. I like it. Uh, ooh, we. So listen, you, you yeah. said so much. Can you? <laughs> I, I, I want you, if, if you can find the time, to come back and give us updates. On this process, not not necessarily reveal, you know, the, the you know if you got the permits and none of that kind of stuff. Just mm -hmm. give us updates on your process. This is phenomenal. This is really good, uh, especially for young men, young black men, because again, there's not a lot of advocacy out there for young black men, and there's so much that we have to contend with in this society, in this world that kind of derails us. You know, the prison, the school to prison pipeline, that kind of stuff. That's all out there for us to entrap us and put us where, where, where people kind of want us to be. So by having these different things, like what you're setting up, is absolutely phenomenal. And yes, it kind of starts to give the balance because you're right. Women can just about get, get you know, just about anything. But it's yeah. really difficult for men to, you know, get anything and to help young men like you're helping them, like, you, like you're going to help them is absolutely incredible. I don't know if you heard about the ex-school for boys down here in uh, Savannah, uh, no, Augusta, uh, Georgia. 
mm-hmm. young King Randall. Now he's <clears throat> doing some phenomenal work with young men as well. So a lot of that needs to that that that, that needs to spread. So I'm I'm absolutely excited that you're going to do something like that for young men and the whole setup. So absolutely, um, much success. Is there any way that I mean, do you need any kind of support from the community at large? I mean, is like. Is, do you do people need to send in kind of donations or anything like that, or is that something that you um, uh, have thought about or maybe considered? Yes. So um, down here we have this business school called Corner to Corner, and this uh, Black Entrepreneur School. So I'm getting connects from them because they have a Black alumni list everywhere else across the world. Uh, once I start, you know, publicizing this in January. I will be accepting donations. Those who have any resources, who are willing to donate clothes, even to come cut hair, come be a guest speaker to the boys when the center launches. Um, any advice on building or even, you know, advice of helping, you know, getting us that green thumb. They, my, my business partner called it, you know, the black male ecosystem. So it's like anything to help my new ecosystem for the boys, I will gladly take it. If it's advice, if it's prayers, if it's money, I am willing to accept it. I, I'm just, I, it, it gives me tingles because I, I have a black son now. And it's just, I look at him, I'm like, yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, as um, despite me and his dad's relationship, I mean, his dad was part of that inspiration as well because even though he grew up uh, fairly well, there was a lack, you know, in certain aspects. But I see the relationship that he had with his dad growing up and everything, you know. I'm like, my son should have, like, you know, the same resources and type of love and so should other boys you know i believe that black men who don't have fathers should have mentors so if you yeah. want to come be a mentor you know we can do the whole pen pal system you can write to your mentor if you get one or a mentee if you get one and y'all can link up and do futures with us like i'm accepting everything any ideas any thoughts to contribute you can uh email me at mandy so it's m-a-n-d-i-i iman i-m-a-n at yahoo.com or you can reach out on the website because it comes straight to my email as well. The website is well, com. So well, what had happened was com, And you can send in stuff on the contact us page. Again, you can even type it uh, in the chat box and it will come directly to me. Um, and I have an Instagram as well. It's Mandy underscore Iman underscore on Instagram. Um, so I'm accepting all the love, all the support. When this starts to, you know, grow, of course, you all will know I'll be happy to come back and I can say what's needed. Uh, even um, if people have like legal advice as well that they want to help, you know, the, the the parents out, you know, definitely send that all my way. I am open arms, taking it all. <laughs> gotcha. I definitely see that you're going to get a lot of support uh, from this when people really you know, when they listen to this episode, when they start to hear, you know, you start to you know talk about it more and do postings and stuff like that on social media. You're definitely going to get a lot of support for this one. This has been fun. This has been great. I got a lot of good information from you. I feel your spirit. Uh, I, 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 I hear exactly where, you know, the direction that you want to take with this. one. So this is this is really, really, really good. I, I am going to have this information, what you just um, mentioned, like your... Mm-hmm your website information and stuff like that. I'm going to, I'm going to have in some of the notes. So okay. I'll, I'll send that to you first for your approval. 
And then once you do approve it, I'll start linking it and stuff like that and sending it out as well. And then I'll also let you know when this is going to be posted, uh, the audio recording of it. <clears throat> but Yay, yes, this has been absolutely, you. this has been phenomenal. Uh, and, and one last thing, though. like I said, I really, really want you to come back and give us an yes. update. Right? <laughs> give us an update on, on what's happening. And, and, and if you would be so inclined is to uh when once it gets established give a brother an invite i'll, I'll try I'll look try with that y'all man. i will you bring know. you up <laughs> it's only three hours exactly. from ACL. Look, come on up because i'm gonna have other people down there come as well <laughs> absolutely absolutely uh listen this is again this has been a great uh great conversation uh thank you so much for wanting to be a part of my my, my platform my podcast and um this has been the All Things Black Podcast. I've been your host, Mr. Black Ovation. And 